The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. And a few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When the son had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around his son and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, Your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the elder son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you and have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. 
But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please be seated. I'd like you to think as we begin of a moment in your life that left you vulnerable, or where you felt very vulnerable in the moment. I'm going to guess it's a moment where you learned a lot, learned something about yourself, about others. A moment that left you a bit unstable. This is a story with many doors to enter into its wisdom and story. You can approach it from so many different ways. Uh, I'm drawn to approach it today, this week, through that lens of vulnerability. And uh, it's a good question for literary comprehension. If we're in school, I'll take some answers. Where, where do you see vulnerability in this story? In which characters, in which moments do you see vulnerability in this story? The land is divided, the sun takes half, goes off, spends it freely, comes to himself feeding the pigs, comes back, the father runs out to greet him, they begin a lavish celebration, the elder son who is in the fields gets angry, grumpy, I've been working for you all these years and you didn't even give me a goat. Why are you spending it all on this son? And the father says, we had to do it. It's the only option. Where, where in this narrative do you see vulnerability? I'll take some. We'll see. Solly, any thoughts? When you think of, do you know what the word vulnerable means? Yeah. Kind of leaves you kind of tender and raw. Yeah, lots of feelings about it. Yeah, did you see someone having a lot of feelings in this story? Yeah, yeah, he was having a lot of feelings, the, the elder brother, yeah, yeah. No one, Miriam, any thoughts about who's vulnerable? That story. Yeah, the brother felt pretty left out. Yeah, so he, he might have felt kind of snubbed and vulnerable. Yeah, that's a good thought. 
Other places you see vulnerability in the story? Paul? Well, every character. Like, every character, yeah. Certainly uh, the youngest one, too. I mean, to yeah. come back and, and say, look, I'll be a servant, that's leaving himself. Right. He left as a son. He's thinking the only way I can get back in my father's house is as a slave, as a servant. Yeah, that's a pretty vulnerable. If you've ever had to come to someone and say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I broke relationship with you, it was all me. That's a, that's a vulnerable place to be for sure. Yeah. Any other places you see? Val? Uh, the father. The father, yeah. So the father, when the son is coming back, will, will his lavish kisses be received? Um, there's as much as, as it's vulnerable to bring an apology to someone, it's vulnerable to receive the, <laughs> receive the apology. And he kind of takes it a step further um, to kind of preempting the apology and say, you are already received um, and goes into celebration. That's where you're going as well, Bob. Yeah. Any other places that, Megan? I'd say I see it in the Father in uh, allowing his son to go off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Allowing, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Allowing his son to go off in the first place. You want half of my land? Okay. Yeah. Well. I forgot to check if there are any online. So if there are any thoughts about vulnerability that come up. Any other places? Did we catch the ones you were thinking about? It's a true thing that there's, there's a lot of vulnerability in the story, which I think is one of the reasons we are drawn into it, um, that, that we've probably all experienced one, one kind of vulnerability uh, in, in one way or another of uh, this story. Uh, I, I was thinking about it a little bit of these moments of vulnerability, hearing a story of uh, a woman who is going under general anesthetic, and, and that moment before she was going under of, I don't know how this will go. I'm putting my hands in the surgeon's care and in God's care, and, um, and, and that moment of release and, and offering that happens. Um, I suspect some of you have run into a similar thing. And it, it leads me to think of all the other moments of vulnerability that we run into. So some of the classic ones is, you know, the young man standing on the step of some woman he's trying to court and, will you marry me? You know, <laughs> the answer could be no. <laughs> um, I was remembering at the 8 a.m. some some neighbor kid who, who came over and said, do you want to play? And I, I said, no. And, and he said, why? And I said, I don't like you. <laughs> I've thought of that moment a couple times, you know, in, in, in past time. Maybe you've had that kind of moment. Maybe you've been the asker. Do you want to play with me? And no. Oh, okay. Uh, 
you know, the, the moment you, you send out the job application. Uh, I, I think a number of us have had vulnerable moments when we've thought, I need to go get milk and eggs and I have to go to a store. And how do I feel about that now? I haven't gone to a store for how many ever months or how do I mask up? What will that be like? Um, I'm putting myself out there and there's those kind of vulnerable feelings that, that arrive in, in those moments. Um, a thousand different vulnerable moments that, that arrive for us in that. Um, I don't hesitate to say that in every one of those moments, we are practicing death. Um, we're practicing the moment of death where we re release ourselves into eternity. Um, we're, we're thinking about death in the season of Lent. Um, and, and that's the connection with this passage for me, is all these moments of vulnerability. And, and death is maybe just one of them. So I'm inclined to say, uh, as your pastor, that I'd like you to practice dying every day. <laughs> that, that every one of those vulnerable moments, you, you connect that up. And, and I think one of our, our most practiced moments that, that ties directly into practicing death is when we put ourselves to bed, uh, when we put our children to bed. Um, there's, there's a moment of handing over. My God, I have kind of been in control all of the day, but as I lay my head on the pillow, I am releasing myself into death. I'm releasing myself in gratitude and thanksgiving for all that has been. I don't know how the night will go. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Should I awake, you know, or not awake, I am in your kingdom. Um, there, there's something good about that old prayer of, you know, we don't know if we will wake up. We don't know how that will be. And, and there's a beautiful thing every day, every night we put ourselves to sleep, we put a beloved one to sleep. We are, we are practicing for death. And, and I would bet money that if we do those moments well, we will be able to do the death moment well. Um, if we can practice gratitude in all those moments. And, and what do we do at the end of the day? What are some good practices? We, we think of what we're grateful for. That's a great thing to do at death. Think of what we've been grateful for through our life. Uh, we think if we have offended the relationship with anybody, and, and you know those moments where you've, you've been busy, 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 you lie down on your pillow, and all of a sudden, oh, did I say that? That was terrible. <laughs> really? I, that's not how I think of myself. And, and then it's, you know, some, some nights you don't get to sleep. <laughs> when that is spinning around, or other nights you wake up and you pick up the phone or you send a text and say, you know, I was thinking about what I said to you yesterday. I'm sorry, that was terrible. Um, we do that at death. Uh, I, heard a, I heard a interview with a doctor who studies dreams before death and he said often uh, there are these really horrendous dreams that people have. Um, and and they're often very transformative because there is some part of their life that is unfinished, that's undone. Um, the example used was survivors, survival's uh, guilt of a soldier, his whole 
his whole cohort had been killed on, I think it was the beaches of Normandy, and he had survived and he carried that his entire life. He had a major dream where uh, his, uh, his fellow soldiers were coming back to get him and saying, it's now your turn. And all of a sudden there was this great release that I'll be okay. Um, and I can go into this well. You know, that happens at 10.45 on a Tuesday evening. It happens on our deathbed. And they, I'm inclined to say, they are the same. So dear people, practice death every day. <laughs> How else do we prepare ourselves for what is to come? But we, we come about these things. How have my relationships been in the day previous? How am I with my God? How can I go in peace to the hour of my death? Uh, and, and beautifully, that practice makes death okay. It, it's something that, that we inhabit on a daily basis. It's not scary. It's something that will come. We, we face our fears about it as we run into that. And I'm going to guess it makes the morning a little better <laughs> when we do wake up and we find ourselves likewise praising God for our breath. Um, uh, I, I read in a book, you know, a, a, a young man asked an old man, how are you feeling? And the old man said, I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm still breathing. I'm still present. And that's enough. Um, I remember talking to an older man myself, and he said, every morning, you know, I wake up. He was not a religious man. Um, his wife was apparently the religious woman. Uh, she was scared to death of death. Uh, but every morning, <laughs> he woke up and thanked God for his breath. And I thought, wow, that's, that's the religion I'm drawn to. Um, that's the spirituality I'm drawn to. Of this deep gratitude and reverence for life as it inhabit, inhabits our, our body and, and our being. And where else is God than in these moments of tenderness and vulnerability, of forgiveness, of review of our day. Where else is God at the hour of our death but inhabiting those thoughts and considerations, um, that inner being, and the kind of spirituality that I think Jesus puts before us in his fearlessness about death, in his call to reality, uh, in his call to gratitude, in his call to receiving what God has given holding it well and offering uh, brings us to the same kind of reflection of being real every day about what is going on with us, attentive to the Spirit's work, uh, thinking back over what has happened and how God has been a part of that, how we need to mend our life in, in the next day. Uh, there's a beautiful part of our service that I've grown to appreciate uh, actually more during COVID because um, so the prayer over the gifts is what it's usually called, and called in the BAS. Um, because we weren't celebrating communion during COVID, we, we changed it to a prayer of offering. And, and I was quite drawn in by that. And it is a prayer of offering. It happens uh, just after our offertory hymn, where pre-COVID we would send around the, the, the offering plate uh, and, and receiving financial offering. We would receive the, the bread and the wine that are, are brought forward, um, all these kind of physical offering things. And then the prayer usually gets at something 
Uh, I think of the, the old Book of Common Prayer phrasing of our, our selves, our souls, and our bodies, that we, we bring our whole selves in, in offering to God. And, and so that prayer has uh, gained new import for me, and perhaps it will for you, that as that part of the service, we, we do offer ourselves another vulnerable moment of what do I have to give to God this day in gratitude, in fear, in thanksgiving, in anxiety, wherever we find ourselves being, to bring, bring that prayer to the communion table, to bring that prayer before God and say, this is bigger than I can hold. I, I release it to you. I can't do this on my own. Please be with me in this moment. And we do that beautifully as a community. We receive bread. We, we make spiritual reception and enter into that vulnerability of ourselves offering to God, God offering to us, God receiving, us receiving what God has given. And uh, perhaps we can think of that as one of those beautiful transformative moments that we encounter in our life. Uh, and perhaps another practice of how we go into death in offering and gratitude. Thanks be to God.